Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On Timberwolves podcast. What up, Timmy? The answer to my question is yes, right away we are starting. Just got to the studio, haven't even opened uh, show prep on our laptops yet. Have an obligation to meet. A collaboration. Chris Manning, Locked On Cavaliers. We committed to meeting him at uh, 9.30 Central, current time, as of this recording, 9.30 Central. So We're true to our words. We're going to pick up the guest line, and by we, I mean me, picking it up, hitting guest line, dialing. Nine, three, three, zero, six, three, beep. Damn it. Hanging up, re- <laughs> retyping in the number. This is organic podcasting, if I've ever heard it. Tim, do you want to uh, give us the lead while I dial this number? Oh, man, what's the lead? Just wing it, dude. I don't care. Should I talk about basketball? You're Tim Fakeless at T-I-M-F. A-K. L-I-S. Nice. And I'm talking to Zachary BD. That's the handle. On Twitter. On the Twitters. This is the Locked on Wolves podcast. It is. So I guess we can talk about the Wolves. Last night, the Wolves pulled out. It's got to be one of the more exciting wins of the year, right? And by the way, I'm coming down with a little cold, so if my voice sounds a little different, that's why. I'm not coming down with a sexier, deeper voice. Uh, The Wolves won by... Not very much. This is a very unprepared start to our podcast because Zach just hit record and we went. But the game went to over... Facts I can give you. The game went to overtime. Andrew Wiggins hit a shot with 10 seconds to go to bring it to overtime. Andrew Wiggins had a sweet dunk that, as a friend of mine brought up, was in between some turnovers or some other crap. Don't mind that ring dial. Uh, Ricky Rubio. Career high, six three-pointers in that game. I think at some point I was making fun of the idea that uh, six three-pointers was possible in that game. The number you have dialed is not in service. Keep going. Are we prank dialing Chris Manning right now? No, No, we're not. I lost my train of thought now. Rubio, six threes. Six threes. He had two threes in a row. He took another one that was kind of uh, ill-advised even for, say, a... Uh, reputable three-point shooter, I guess I'll say. I think I tweeted something like, wow, Ricky Rubio, heat check, just happened. As the game progressed, he continued on to hit four more threes, which really, I think, in the third quarter gave the Wolves a chance to stay in that game. He did miss a few shots in clutch time, which mattered. True, but I would argue that he made six threes. I mean, it's hard to... It's hard to knock Ricky Rubio shooting on a night when he has six three-pointers. You have reached out to with XL Energy. I am currently away from my desk. Please leave your name. Chris Manning has an, alma, or an alter ego or something. Just, I mean, for those of you who are uh, avid listeners of the Cold Omaha Podcast Network, there's uh, here at the Cumulus Studio in Dinkytown, the Cold Omaha Studios, this is 105E, C, one of the two. One of them. You got to dial either nine or a one to, to get to an outside line before you get to a number. And I'm clearly messing up. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> one note I will add to the Ricky Rubio Please thing. do, because Be- I'm just ranting right now and I need how another it, voice. Hey, Tim, how does it feel to host a podcast? Yeah, no kidding. Episode, you know, however many. Ten episodes. trillion. <laughs> anyway, I, uh, it wasn't my turn to cover the game. I'm at Stubborn Herbs near Dinkytown, o- Oak Street. Fun establishment just for the record oak street and washington i'm there there was audible groans when rubio missed uh, a pretty critical three late in the fourth quarter after he had already made six and 
To be fair, the rump- that brought him from six of eight from three to six of nine. The rumpies in me was like, give him a break. He's already made six threes. The bartender looks at me and goes, it's an anomaly. I go, I've covered this team for three years. Rubio hasn't been the problem. Yeah. I mean, we can go down that rabbit no, hole right no, no. now, but we I don't, don't want to. We don't need to because the loyal listeners already know. Let's just say, like, I've I've had to force myself. I'll talk about Rubio in a... To repeat this menu. In a grand scope, just for a second. To send now, press the pound key. Good to mark- Lord, man. Don't just... I'm, I'm messing up, okay? I'm about to hit the explicit button because I'm about to say an F-bomb. We're talking to Chris Manning, Fear the Sword, Cavs guy. He's a great writer. Uh, Fear the Sword's a great blog, I think. Just uh, If we're talking about team NBA blogs, there are a few that have such that have a deeper writing collective than Fear the Sword. David Zavik? Yeah. Justin Rowan? Uh, oh, the legend. Hello. What up, Chris? Hey, how's it going? Chris, we've been recording this entire time, but we've been, like, I messed up your number four times, so don't even... <laughs> Yeah, don't even don't even worry about swearing. Don't even worry about. This is a collabo edition of Lockdown Wolves and Lockdown Cavs, so we're just going to be fully transparent. Um, Amazing, amazing. I guarantee you, that's not what you had in mind, right? (laughs) I mean, it's better than what I had in mind. Oh, really? Well, good answer. I'm here with I'm here with Tim Fakeless, of course. You you two are familiar with each other, I hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what goes on with you, man? Oh, nothing much, man. It's uh, it's. I mean, you guys are familiar with snow, and it's been snowing in Cleveland for a while. We are familiar with snow in Minneapolis. That is yeah, breaking, breaking, big if true. I have two things. The first thing I heard once on a on a low post podcast that people in Cleveland literally pray for it to to snow because it freezes over the lake, and that if the lake doesn't freeze over, it's awful. Is that is that correct? That's true. Like there's areas near. The lake that if if there is even snow that comes off the lake, they can get like fifteen inches. Good lord! So yeah, my follow up to that, which doesn't count as the second question that I pre warned you about, did it snow and ice over to your liking, or has it? And if it hasn't, do you expect it to, or is it already over? And have you stored on milk and eggs enough? What's the? Deal? Uh, I was hoping it was going to snow enough where I could work from home today. That didn't happen. Um. But I'm hoping it's it's not supposed to snow anymore, which is good because I'm really trying to see a wild Carl Anthony Towns tomorrow night, and I want to be able to get into the city. His, so that's, that's my that's my answer. His name is Chris Manning. You can find him on Twitter at C W M Writes W R I T E S. All right, man. Well, I read the column on ESPN.com about you know, well, not so much about LeBron, but. Featuring LeBron heavily just, in his comments. Just going ham, dude. Ham on some uh, on Charles Barkley. What are your thoughts? Uh, not surprised. Um, Charles Barkley had it coming, right? Yeah, Charles Barkley said some kind of uh, off-base stuff. Shocker. About... <laughs> Wait, Charles Barkley made an uninformed opinion about a basketball yeah, player I, or thing. I mean, again, again, big if true, guys. Big if true. <laughs> Chris, um, Chris, I will apologize, although you are you are receiving this and, and going with it really well. I apologize for putting you on the spot, but this is awesome. This is probably the best episode of Lockdown Wolves yet. It's the best episode of Lockdown Cavs ever, to get, be honest. Get um, And us. we're collabing. It's great. Yeah. We're two, uh, we're two cold NBA cities, and uh, those damn coastal elites, you know, getting getting their Deion Waiters fixes and their, you know, their their Warriors fixes. Like, we're, you know, we're the we're the cold NBA cities kind of making it work. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the Barkley stuff isn't surprising because Charles says a lot of stuff that is just wacky, right? Like, Charles says a lot of Correct. stuff that... Percentage, just- percentage <laughs> of TNT broadcasts that Charles Barkley has consumed alcohol before, go. 50. Safe, safe estimate. Go on. Yeah, uh... And look, LeBron is not in a good, like, dealing with stuff face, right? Like, he's not in, like, a good, like, a happy place right now. <laughs> like, he's, you know, he, I don't know if you guys, like, saw or heard about his, like, ethering of, uh, like, the management after they lost to the Pelicans and Terrence Jones just literally destroyed them. Like, he, he's been cranky lately. He's kind of, like, looking for stuff. And then there's just all this stuff where David Griffin's, like, firing back at him on the record in front of media. Um 
been kind of a chippy time. And I think the Barkley stuff, he's just kind of like kind of done with it. Because LeBron isn't a big – LeBron's not a guy who I think um, – as much as like people label him as this dramatic person in some ways, in some ways he very much is. I think when it comes to like respecting the, the greats and respecting the players before him, he's very aware of where he stacks up and very aware of what guys did before him. But I don't think he doesn't like it when guys are just kind of pie on him because he's part of this younger generation. I mean, because like to Charles Barkley, LeBron's like this young punk in some ways, right? Like LeBron is this new era superstar that didn't have to play in the hand check nineties, right? Um, Totally, like, totally LeBron's agree. LeBron's just like not. LeBron's not here for that for that nonsense, right? He cited. He goes, go back and watch the '93 Finals as if it's some folder in his bookcase that you can just pull out and see. I mean, he cited that shit as if he's seen it a million times. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it, like LeBron, it was incredible. And I, I'm I was born in Phoenix, and and I grew up rooting for the the Nash era Suns and. You know, Charles Barkley, I, I sort of owe it to, like, defend that team with Thunder Dan. and Kevin Johnson was the first jersey I owned, if only because my dad bought it for me. So it's like, I'm sort of obligated as a fan to, to back that team up. But for, <laughs> I was reading the column, and I showed, you know, I alerted Tim Fakeless to it. I'm like, dude, LeBron went in on Charles. And it, yeah. it was fucking awesome for, you know, pardon my French. It's like, LeBron went in on his gambling. He more or less said, Charles, you wouldn't be on TV if you didn't have you know, bills to pay. It it was fucking awesome, man. Yeah. So I, like, went to bed last night early because I had just kind of a weird day, and I was like, I had a migraine. I was like, all right, I'm not. I'm just going to go to bed. I'm going to start playing the Mavs. Like, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> and, uh, shout, oh, I mean, shout out, to, shout out to my guy, Tim Cato, but, like, the Mavs. Ugh. I mean, the but Wolves I, I, had the same mindset and lost by, like, 20 or something the other week. Yeah, so. Whatever. But I get a, I have, I wake up and I've got like a bunch of G chat messages from one of my colleagues, the fearless sword, Carter Rodriguez. Okay. Um, and he's just like, "Yo, like, did you see this?" Because normally we're both up like obnoxiously late. Um, and he's just like, "Yo, did you see this?" Like, I'm gonna post something about it, and he like sends me a link and everything. And I wake up, yeah, pick it up for work and stuff, and he and I'm like, "Oh, I really missed something." And then I go back and I, I uh, you know, read Dave McMenamin's tweets and like read the stories, and I was just like, "Damn." Like, like I really wish, and I really wish there was like, um, like a full, uh, like just full video of that. And I don't think it exists. But like, I, I, I would really need that in my life. And then Charles like responding today is just hilarious. Oh, I did not see the response. Please elaborate on the Charles Barkley so he, response because I too have not seen like, it. He just kind of like laughed. It like was kind of like I'm gonna do me like kind of like on his high horse a little bit about it. Um, After it how many like, vodka sodas do you think? Um, how many? How much money did he lose at the track? I was gonna say he was at the horse horse track races. Just this is wrong, and cash. it's totally in jest. And I need to add that disclaimer. Yeah, absolutely, I need to add that disclaimer so I don't have to go back and edit it out. We're just having fun. <laughs> We're just having fun yeah. with the bit. Well, and and Dwayne Wade got involved too. I don't know. If oh, really? Like, say like say Wade more. Stuck up for the, Wade, Wade stuck up for LeBron. Like, and you guarantee you know that banana boat group chat was probably lit today like it was probably great oh my goodness did you just alert us to a group app a group chat app it, that it, ended up? It, 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 the, the banana boat group chat has to exist like i i refuse to exist what is, like is banana boat an app is that what you're saying no no like no, that you, that picture of the banana boat with lebron oh, carmelo wade and i think paul. chris paul yeah yeah someone's, yeah, yeah. someone's a, a fake news member of basketball no Twitter, that's, that's a, what i'm getting out of it that's a lost reference um i i will admit that i've been somewhat detached from twitter since my oh, fair uh, enough. account got hacked a couple months ago oh that's fair but that's fair uh enough. yeah no yeah. Chris, chris manning <laughs> You are are fucking awesome. Thank you for <laughs> fill, thank you for filling us in yeah. on, on all that stuff. Yeah, I, I just I really need proof. I guarantee you to this, but I would like proof one day that like Chris Paul, Carmelo, Wade, and LeBron are all like texting each other and like talking crap all the time. Like I just know it exists. LeBron's too petty it, for that not to exist. Do you yeah, think it, Chris Bosh is unhappy that he isn't part of that group text? And he's like, no, he's playing music. Like he's chilling. Like yeah, good. no, that's Bosch the correct response. Drinking okay. drinking cat craft beer somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, he's it, doing good. Working on an app. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Him and Bynum are building a computer somewhere together. <laughs> a- anywho, I'm going to hijack your whole idea where we collabo for a podcast for just one more question. What did you make about LeBron's comments with the whole, we need another playmaker? Or oh, something? I am intrigued by that. Yeah. Okay. So um, I think he, 
I think he's on to something, right? Like, I think if you're looking at what the Cavs need, I would almost argue just because of how much they're asking of Tristan Thompson and, and what Channing Frye and Kevin Love's defensive abilities are. I almost think you need a big, but I don't. I think it's really hard to go get a functional big man right now, right? Like, if Tyson Chandler gets bought out, you get Tyson Chandler, but he's probably not going to get bought out, from my understanding. Um, if you look at, like, anyone else that's available, Larry Sanders apparently had a bad workout, and, like, is he actually going to be good right away after missing a bunch of time? Is he um, stoned? Is he not stoned? We don't know. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's just all these questions. So it's like, okay, playmaking, um, you want a guy who can help create, take some of the burden off Kyrie and LeBron, um, especially in the regular season. Like, I, I think when you get to the playoffs, like, Kyrie and LeBron can do most of it, right? Like, they can handle a lot of that burden. Um, but if you if you get somebody now that can take the pressure off of them to just ease their minutes. Like, LeBron shouldn't be leading in the league in minutes. And, like, a playmaker would stop him from doing that. Uh, I think I saw today that they worked out Mario Chalmers, Kirk Heinrich, and there was one other name. They're all going to be in Cleveland. Lance Stevenson, they're all going to be in Cleveland. Oh, Lance Stevenson, that is great. Really, so, all of them. I have a, que- goodness. I have a question on that, on that note, especially with big men. One, it, let's say that they try to improve via trade, and I'm totally talking speculation right now. The speculation uh, stage. Who, who makes sense to give up from Cleveland's side? And two, if that were to happen, who whose minutes do you feel comfortable uh, lowering, with the exception of LeBron? Because if you're if you're adding another big man, then what, I would imagine one of Thompson, Fry, or Love is going to lose some minutes. Who would that be in your mind? Uh, I would want to limit all the. I mean, I would want someone to like cut into all their minutes, honestly, just because like Love's got a bulky back. And he won't play against the Wolves tomorrow, which is a which is a bummer. Which is kind of a bummer. It would be a bigger would, bummer if they were at Target Center, but yeah, he I saw. Agree. Never mind. Yeah, I mean that's like in a week. Hopefully, he's you know kind of good to go by then. Um, I kind of you know Tristan like is very durable, but like you don't want to you know tax him too much. Fry is like really useful, but he is a defensive liability. Totally. right. You know, like he he like he he used to be a very solid, just sort of passable defender. Um, he's, older, he's, he's older. He's older now. Awful. He's one. Of, he's one of the remaining handful of players who played for Lou Dolson, and you can count them on two hands. <laughs> yeah, like one of them, I believe one of them is coaching the Lakers now. So, like you know, like, <laughs> that's a very astute that. point. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's like a very just odd thing where like three big men. As much as like we're in this modern NBA where we value space and we value fluidity and we value playing small, like three bigs might not be enough. That's fair. That's fair. Did you answer? Did I envy? I envy the idea of having three useful bigs on a roster. Just for the record. Um, Speaking of players who played for Lou Dolson, Jordan Hill is chilling. on the Wolves roster again. Three useful bigs would be great. Anyway, Chris, you've been a you've been a trooper, man. It's your show. Take it from here. All right. So I'm just gonna drop the the grenade, right? Like the proverbial grenade. Um, Do it, baby! I'm excited. I, I, need, Pull I, the need, pin. I need I need to get into this, especially for for the homie Bill Bull, because I'm sure he's gonna Billy get Billy Bull. All hold, right, hold on. What was the joke I told earlier, Timmy? Oh, uh, which one? About the grenade and the losing the house. Hold on. I don't know if you told me this. Sorry, joke. Chris. I, I think told, you told I, it in your head. Oh, no, you're good. You're good. A, a wife is like a hand grenade. Take the ring off and say goodbye to your house. Pull that. Pull that ring, baby. <laughs> um. Okay, here we go. Is Andrew Wiggins good? Uh, good as in the sense, would you rather trade him or Levine? Tim Fakeless, go. Uh, <laughs> good God. That, that, yes, he's very good. Obviously. I think he's very, very good. That's why I, I made the question a little more specific. Um, I think, and we've had people come on and talk about this before, I think his job right now is to develop the thing that he's going to be an elite weapon at in his prime and that scoring, and I think he's improving at that. I think if he was asked to become more of a facilitator, more of a rebounder, he would be able to do that, but that's not what the coaches are asking him to do right now. In terms of scoring, he's improving. In terms of passing out of double teams, and teams are double teaming him more and more, he's getting uh, monumentally better at that. Uh, And just in terms of outside shooting, He's getting better. He's getting better at every aspect of the game, and he's already, I think this is his second straight year, averaging 20-plus, which, granted, means less to a team that hasn't made the playoffs since we were all in middle school. Uh, But the team is improving, and he's improving with it, and I don't think that's a coincidence. I think the big question, Chris, is 
is he going to gain enough muscle mass and grow in size enough to play the small ball four? And if that's Ooh, the uh, if that I don't know if I agree with that, but continue. I mean that I mean okay, in an ideal world that happens, right? Like if if Wiggins grows into the full potential like the number one pick, the t- the pick that the Bucks and Sixers had a tanking war over to get. Right. That Cleveland happened to get and then trade for Kevin Love. If if you're gonna, you know, maximize your potential if you're Andrew Wiggins, you you grow into a small ball four. And I I don't know if he does that right now. I think his ideal role is a starting shooting guard. Really? Because let's say he does bulk up some more. He's already he quick, the, he's already agile, he's he already athletic, he's already six eight. That is a terrifying guard for a shooting guard. If you put him at the four, even a bulkier version of what he is right now, that's I'm not still that's you have still to an under him, that's still you do it in, right, but in that's spurts. still undersized and in spurts. I think a starting shooting guard in bulk is terrifying in an ideal world for Andrew Wiggins. And you're right because when Levine was injured, Wiggins started at the shooting guard. Brandon Rush was able to to play at the three. You know, defensively, Brandon Rush is able to pick up the larger of the two wing uh, opponents' players, and the Wolves go three and zero in that span. And uh, Steve McPherson is fully tongue in cheek tweeting out, "The Wolves can trade Levine now." So uh, the big question around here, Chris, is. Is Andrew Wiggins redundant with Zach Levine and uh, offensively? That seems, that, that seems crazy to me personally. Doesn't like, uh, okay. Like, I told. I told so, all right, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, please. Okay. So, like, I think the Wiggins is a big two thing. Is like, actually, it's funny that you say that because that's what David Griffin thought of him as when they drafted him. Like, that was like what they were like. Okay, this he we think he's going to be a big two guard. Like, that's where we see him having the most success. I kind of agree with that because I just don't know if he ever could get big enough to like functionally bulk up like. Kawhi or did, LeBron. Did or you like, think you know I, mean? that, like, I have a hard time seeing him getting that big. Did you think that at the time of the draft and you think differently now? Because I sort of thought it at the time of the draft, but his body type hasn't changed at all. So I will admit that I'm a little bit more pessimistic at the idea that he will grow into uh, a physical specimen capable of playing small before. Yeah, I think like uh, I kind of thought of him as a three when he came out, but like I think like the big two thing makes sense, especially if you can get other long guys. Like, and I think him and Levine, like, I don't know why you feel like you have to get rid of one of them. Like, I think, like, I, I know there's the holding with Levine of the the previous administration. They're trying to pigeonhole him into being a point guard, which never really made sense to me. Like, if you can develop him in other ways that kind of make him really useful off the ball, like as a cutter, as a spot-up shooter, you can get him as a good defender. Like, I think you could play them together. Um, and I just don't know, like, why you would really, like, think about, like, you, you're so early in, like, the process for the Wolves. Like, I know... There's all these expectations for them this year because of Cat mostly, because of you get Tibbs. But it, they're so young. They're so malleable. Like, right? they don't need to, like, force this. What did like, you, I, I, what did you do as a 21 year old? When I was 21, I was, I mean, that was, so that was two years ago. That was, oh, I was God, drinking, man. I was, I'm super young, man. I was drinking, I was in college at Ohio University uh, covering basketball and, like, drinking a lot because it was really cheap to drink in Athens, Ohio. Well, you're like two years older than Tim. I'll I'll say yeah. this. I'll say this. Like it, it, younger. I, I my think bad. I think most people agree that I think it's a given right now with Wiggins and Levine that it's too early to make any conclusions. I don't think anyone's saying trade, trade, trade for either of them right now. Uh, and I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that one of them will be gone in the future. I think people see the redundancy and. I this my eyes were open in a recent podcast that we had with a uh, guy you may be familiar with, Chris Britt Robeson, who's kind yeah. of kind of a local basketball writing legend around here. Yeah, uh, Bill Billy Bull pointed me out, pointed him out to me. Yeah, I, way before fan. his time, right? Uh, yeah. He's been writing, he's been covering the Wolves since their first year. But his point was that their redundancy more comes defensively, where, and it comes back to whether or not either of them can bulk up. If if they can't, one of them will be guarding the two, maybe holding their own. The other will be forced, especially in crunch time situations, even if, say, just hypothetically you bring Levine off the bench. Uh, Which I'm not for. Right. One of them will have to guard uh, a small forward, and in today's NBA, and in I mean, just based on the age of a lot of these small forwards going forward, it's going to be your team's, one of your best scores, basically. Uh 
And that's I think that's where the concern comes in, less offensively. Wiggins is a little bit more capable of getting to the rim, whereas Levine has more catch-and-shoot ability. So I don't think people are as worried offensively as they are defensively. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, more or less the essence of what Tim is saying is the redundancy comes at the defensive end. And as somebody who really doesn't care about defense, that was a point lost on me until it was brought brought up recently. It's interesting. Um, yeah, like I just, I just think like it's so crazy that we, th- nothing like we, but like I think basketball Twitter is like a group sort of like. Oh, it's a community. It's a community. We're all family. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, but like we like pushed like w- the wolves like so far ahead. Tim Bontemps, like, Washington Post, fifty wins. Oh, I mean, he's gonna have to buy Zach Lowe like a really nice steak apparently. So him <laughs> and Win because Windhorse too. It's like Windhorse and and Bontemps are both like all in on this and. Um, I was like, I mean, I'm like, I love um, the Wolves. Like, I think they're they're fascinating because you have all these young guys. I don't know if I love, I, I love the idea of Tibbs for them right now. But, like, Wiggins, I watch film of him, and I know there's, like, the issues of, like, the rebounding and if he's not doing the auxiliary things in his game. But, like, I watch him on defense and in certain situations just manipulate space and use his arms and just, like, nab, nab the ball. And I'm just like, young guys don't always do that. Like, young guys, look, sometimes just let those balls go by and look terrible. Like, I watched Dan Waiters try to figure out how to play NBA defense for a couple of years. Good God. Like, that, like, Tim, like, I, we owe you a drink for that. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm Dion forever. Like, I'm for, when Dion like, hit those shots in the past week and hit that game winner against the Warriors. That was so much fun uh, to watch. Beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, and they, then he, like, courted Kobe and defending himself for, like, shooting a lot. And I, I'm here for Dion. But, like... Like they're so young, and yet there's stuff they do really, really well. Um, that's like a big like I, I think you just gotta wait, right? And like it's not like they need, like if they were good this year, it's not like it was gonna matter, right? Like they they probably weren't gonna beat the Warriors. Like they're probably not gonna beat the Jazz. They're not gonna beat the Spurs. Like they're just not at that level. Even if they won 45 games, they're not gonna be there. So like why rush this? Like why get worried about the fact that it's not going particularly, like, it's not like hitting the the max potential this year. And the hilarious thing is this team is, the eighth seed in the West is so, like, just away from the rest of the Western Conference that the Wolves are three games out of a playoff spot right now. It's Denver. Yeah. Currently it's Denver at, I think, 21 and 28. Or 21 and 25. At the beginning of the year, or even at the end of last year, anybody who paid close enough attention to the NBA over the past three years would say, all right, Denver, Utah, and Minnesota, similar trajectories. Utah has obviously extended itself with the, the George Hill move. And I don't think that shocks anyone necessarily. N- and, and if you're a real, real optimistic Wolves fan, you would like to say that the Wolves were ahead of Utah at the end of last year. Sure. They weren't. Denver has sort of crept up on them with the emergence of Jokic and um, Jamal Murray, I think, has been better than Chris Dunn has this year. Yes. But, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's disappointing based on the expectations at the beginning of the year, uh, how the Wolves have performed. But, Chris, does it surprise you if I tell you that Tom Thibodeau is not necessarily doing all he can to win? Like, I've been on the play Brandon Rush, period, at all. I think it does. I think you and I both have. I Zach. think it does well. Uh, for the Wolves to play him, and they they just haven't played him, and it it makes no damn sense to me. Yeah, um, that's I mean it's weird, right? Like it's weird that he wouldn't do that because that's like the reputation of 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 Tibbs. Like he's just like ultra win now, like ultra do everything, like right away. But like maybe that's a sign that he actually did progress. Yeah, and we're not asking you to. To give analysis on the wolves because that's not that's not your. I name. watch a lot of wolves. Like I so like I don't know if you guys do this, but I, like I try to keep track of how often I watch teams because I, I just want to like make sure I'm not like watching like too much of like something bad. Lee, Mostly, Lee like, Bass like, should my track that check. actually. Um, the wolves were I, as of my last check, which I think was two days ago, were like third on the team besides the Cavs that I've watched the most of. Who's second? I right, let's see if you can. I just take a guess. I want to see if because one of them, okay, I'll give you a hint. Shit. Okay, the other top two teams. One is one of the league's seven best teams, and the other one is like a hipster team. The Utah Jazz. So there's two teams at number two. I don't understand. No, I was saying like one and two, like in the one and two spots. I assume that because I've guessed the Utah the Cavs, Jazz twice, dude. that that's not correct. Where are the Cavs? 
The cat. So he's saying besides the Cavs. Oh, like Cavs so not, are out of this. Not so the Jazz. Like the two teams. The, the Golden Jazz are one State. Of them. Oh, the Jazz are one of them. Okay. Yeah, I watch. I I find Utah fascinating. Um, oh, we uh, do too. Tim Fakeless. The Jazz are my squad. That's that's Tim Fakeless's favorite team. I also just I also will like rail against the like the whole like Kyrie Irving Gordon Hayward thing that has happened. Um, I'm I'm here for like that that thing happening. What too. thing? Go on. Say oh, more. So there's an ESPN, I don't know if you, there's like the whole Kyrie analytics thing. Yeah, where he doesn't pass enough and get enough assists. Yeah, gets buckets. Um, there's like this whole... <laughs> no wonder uh, the Cavs need a playmaker. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, man. You gotta get Deli back. Um, oh, Jesus. There's there like a whole thing where like, I would like rather have Gordon Hayward than Kyrie and like Gordon Hayward's great. Give me Kyrie. Like, give me Kyrie. Every and time? Nine out of, I mean like eight out of ten. What, that, that's okay. fair. What's the argument for Gordon Hayward over Kyrie that you've seen that bugs you the most? Um, I'm assuming you've seen like one a, or two. Is it the assists? I, I think it's like the assists and that like he's someone you would rather have. Like I would rather have the ball in Kyrie's hands. And like I think if you like watch Kyrie a lot, like if you watch Kyrie more this year, especially the last like month, he's been a much more willing passer and a willing creator for others. Like he's gotten good at it. Okay. That right. seems totally fair. And then the other, so the Utah Jazz are the bas- basketball hipster team, if I'm not mistaken. Well, right? I guess they're not. I guess they're not really like the hipster team because they were like in the league's, league's like best seven. So the hipster, other hipster team is probably pretty. It's probably pretty obvious. Oh, so I we haven't guess. even guessed it. Oh, yeah, you got another one. But it's obvious. No, oh. I mean like there's a, there's a player on that team that is like a hipster. The, player. the New Orleans Pelicans. Oh no, God no, no. no, no I don't know no. if the Anthony Davis is it the Rockets? Is, still that is it the Rockets, bro? No. Not the Rockets. Oh, oh man. Hey. Oh, the Kings. Or the Knicks. Oh, no, that, that, Knicks I, would be I, my next guess. Oh, man. After, after that, on. I'm out of guesses. Well, I, I think we're missing somebody. Hold on. Hold you, on. You ha- Okay. First of all. Oh, the Sixers. Oh, no. Damn no, it. No. Dude. That's close. They're, they're okay. like number seven. We live in. I, I, go on. You only got to watch when it beats there. We live in Minneapolis, which is second only to Portland in uh, accommodations for bike travelers. And we're, this, a, we're a hipster ass area. Like, dude, half of certain roadways are dedicated <laughs> to bikers, and it is snow and ice for nine months out of the year. We are I mean. hipsters. It is like if you've watched BoJack Horseman, there are hipster references to Minneapolis in that show, which is and you've seen BoJack Horseman, which is a hipster ass show. It's great. I so, love that show. So anyway. it shows great. Anywho, our definitions of of hipster. Might not match up, so just give us the right, answer, well, okay? No. All right. So this I is a hipster pick because uh, they're kind of they're kind of goofy and they're kind of just in a weird NBA city. It's the Nuggets because of Jokic. Oh, okay. Oh, All right. Enough. I dig it. I dig it. A lot of foreign nationals on that team, and I, I can't make sense of like how they're building that roster. Right? Like it's it's like it's it's like wonky. Like there's there's no like good way to necessarily like plan on roster building. Like the Cavs are only good now because they got. LeBron back, like they would have been, they might have been crappy forever if they don't get that back, right? Like the Wolves get their reboot restarted because Kevin Love wants out, and the Cavs just so like these things happen like in these certain ways. The Nuggets have had no way of that happening. Like they've kind of been picking in weird spots. They haven't like drafted that transcendent guy, like their best player, who they just realized was their best player. They drafted in the second round. Well, and they had the whole you know sell mellow thing. Yeah. At. Uh... That happened, but yeah. no. Even then, it's weird because you have Jokic, but at the beginning of the year, Nurkic started, and at a certain point, it, it was like, oh, oh my god, this guy's the best center in the league. Now we can't even get minutes, <laughs> and Jokic is playing to his full potential and realizing his full potential. I don't know. Yeah, he's a, he's so fun. Like I'm, re- they're in Cleveland in like two weeks. I'm real excited to to watch it, and I want to see how the Cavs like go. How I really just wonder like how a passing big. Impacts how you defend a team. Well, hopefully so Jokic weird. is healthy because he's like day to day right now. I know it's right a bummer, now. right? It's a bummer. Like, Total- like keep 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 Biggs healthy. That's like my like him and Embiid and like in Towns and Porzingis. Just keep them healthy for the next decade. No, yeah, no shit. If you want to go real hipster on the bit, you know what was really fun to watch the Serbian national team with. Oh yeah, that's with, great with Jokic and our boy, my boy specifically, Nemanja Bjelica. It's just like, <laughs> good God, he is underperforming. Well, we, we've talked on this bes- our. On our weekly podcast, I guess Wolves Wired shouts to Wolves. Part Wired. of the cool little podcast uh, about how just fantastic and fun the Yugoslavian team would be right now if that were still a full forced country. Uh, oh man, 
just oh, man. Serbia. I mean, you, I, I, you Cro- is Croatia part of it? Am I wrong? Yeah, it would be. So, like, you'd have Damian Rudej and uh, well, who, who, who's Ru- the rookie? Well, Rudej is like the 12th best player who's the rookie, on the roster. Who's the rookie on Orlando right now? Or not the rookie, second-year guy now. Uh, Hazonia. Hazon- Mario Hazonia would be on that team. Bojan Bogdanovic. Oh, man. Nemanja Bielica, Goran Dragic, Nikola Pekovic, assuming he's... I mean, you could have a lot of fun with that roster. It would be so much fun. Too, but, ba- too bad, you know, politics and stuff. Yeah. And, <laughs> anywho, Kevin Love's not playing tomorrow. Any injury updates? Uh, I, you know, Kevin Love, I would expect to see, if you're, if you're a Wolf fan wondering what the Cavs are going to do rotation-wise, the Cavs are going to have some rotation wonkiness. They're kind of just trying everything right now. Hella, hella, hella. How's the Kyle Korver acquisition going for you? I think he's kind of adjusting. Um, I think like he's not used to. He's got a terrible plus minus. If we're letting facts yeah. get in the way, yeah. Um, he he's having like issues. I think like getting used to the different the different ways he's going to get the ball in Cleveland. And I think it's different. It's like it's a whole new world when he's playing off like LeBron James instead of playing. Off, I was like, going to say career. is is open just too confusing for him right now. Yeah. Or <laughs> it's like it's like he, it's he, like. He would come off like seven screens in Atlanta, and now it's, he comes off like none. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, Kyle, you're just going to get to stand there and shoot. And it's just like a weird thing What for a him. gig. He and Kevin Love should have coffee. <laughs> Kevin Love's like, yeah. dude, I know how it is, bro. Just go stand in the corner and wait. Eventually it'll work out. I have a feeling, and I'm more or less asking you the same question, after the All-Star break, it'll look like Kyle Korver is a lot you know, more of a, a part of the Cavs. He'll core, look more right? like Kyle Korver, I would imagine. It's it's like good God, Tyron Lue will have five days to draw up some sets for this guy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he just will get like he'll be more comfortable than like I mean it's his first week was uh they're on the, this crappy West Coast road trip. They're they're finishing and getting destroyed by the Warriors and then he hadn't even been in Cleveland for like the first week and a half or so he was with the Cavs. Yeah, it, well, like not ideal, Chris. If you're looking for rotation updates for the Wolves, I can tell you. I'll tell you, Brandon Rush won't play. I'll tell you that. Or more right specifically, now. <laughs> if you watched a game in November, it's it's about that. I mean, okay, you're gonna have Ricky Rubio, you're gonna have Zach Levine, Andrew Wiggins, Gorgie Jang, Carl Anthony Towns. Shabazz uh, Muhammad will come. Shabazz Muhammad will come off the bench first for Zach Levine. Uh, Bielitsa will probably follow with Cole Aldrich. He'll go. Or no, Chris Dunn will come off before both of them. I bet. Yeah. It's those four off the bench. That's your rotation. It, it, it's funny how Wolves fans are because the initial uh, negativity, you know, if if you're weighing out positive negatives, which Wolves fans did at the time of the Tibbs hiring, it's like, oh, Tibbs is going to burn out all our good young players. And then he started doing it, and nobody talks about it at all. <laughs> at all. It's like, yeah, this is fine. It's more fun because when you're watching the game, you're sitting there, and the Wolves are start, they they'll have like a 10-point lead. Towns and Wiggins are on the bench, and Team X is starting to creep back. And you don't care that uh, Towns has 32 minutes, and there's still 11 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. You're like, damn it, put Towns back in the game. Let's go. But, you it, know, it, that's it, the state it, of the yeah. Wolves when, it, you have, when you're 10 games it under happened 500. happened, and no one bitches because Tom Thibodeau is above <laughs> replacement level. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> let, me, let me just ask you guys this so my listeners sort of know this. Because I'm not sure how many of them watch the Wolves enough, sure. or are still how, listening. Just, just <laughs> yeah. If, if you've made it this far, like you're, you're the greatest. This is you're the, the best greatest. podcast um, I've ever done, by the yeah. way. <laughs> um, make podcasts. No, I can't even say it. Um, Here, uh, all right, go on. Can't, can't even can't even do it. Um, just to people like my listeners know, how good is Carl Anthony Towns? Like, just explain how good he actually is. Because I think sometimes, like, people, like, look at his stats from last year and then compare him to this year, and they're like, he didn't, like, improve. He's great. Like, and I don't, I, in my opinion, I don't think it's, like, disputable that he's great and just going to be great for a long time. No, he's, he's obviously phenomenal in every aspect of the game. I think that if you're looking for some insight into uh, the player that Carl Anthony Towns is, he knows in every way how he's perceived and all that stuff. Like, we go in after games, uh, and he's sitting at his locker. He's got his head in his hands after losses. Or uh, I think on the court a couple weeks ago, it was as if he waited to get triple team before passing out of the triple team. Like, we already talk about the guy in the sense that he's a Hall of Famer, and he hasn't even made an all-star team yet. He's phenomenal. He needs to hone in on certain areas of his game. And I think he's improved in certain areas, like passing out of double teams, especially in recent weeks. 
before he can become that stretch five that everyone presumes him to be. The other night, Tim Fakeless was there against Indiana. He hits three uh, threes in a Wolves late rally that ended up coming up short with he and Levine combined for four threes that Towns ended up hitting three of them. Uh, get them back in the game. He's only hit, a me- like the most threes he's hit in a game is, is three this year, and I expect that number to go up in, in years to come. And defensively, he's been god-awful at times. I mean, Tom Thibodeau has yeah. talked after games about hero ball, and everybody likes to single out the fact that either uh, Towns, Wiggins, or Levine late in close games, especially early in the season, early in the shot clock, take it upon themselves to try to take shots to to get the Wolves back in or take the lead or to tie or what have you. But I think really Thibodeau, a defensive you know, specialist psychopath, is talking about the defensive end. And Carl and Anthony Towns is rotating over when he doesn't need to rotate over to, to try to get this game-saving block when – uh, when in actuality he'll rotate over and uh, a veteran point guard on the other team will just pass to the guy who Towns is supposed to be guarding and then that guy dunks it. It happened in uh, an earlier game against Denver for sure and, and a couple of other ones. And So defensively, he's got a lot of areas to improve in. Obviously, he's, he's going to be an all-star next year. He wasn't this year. I think that was good for him. It's going to make him hungrier if you're into that type of narrative. But uh, you know he he has a lot of areas to to hone in on his game, and we've only really seen Towns begin to scratch the surface of where he's at as a player. I th- I think you can. There's a Anthony Davis is a guy that uh, I feel like he's compared to a lot for some for some good reasons. They're both young. They're both for some lame, Kentucky for some lame reasons. They're both Kentucky guys, one and dones. <laughs> uh. I think Carl Anthony Towns at this stage is more advanced offensively than Davis. I think Davis was more advanced defensively. Towns yeah, is seven fair. feet, two hundred fifty pounds, and is a better ball handler than eighty percent of the guys on the floor most of the time, which is a terrifying thought. Last year is the Wolves' best shooter. Yeah, wasn't even close. He's he's his shooting, especially his three point shooting, wasn't great to start the year. It's getting better. He's straying away a little bit from his mid-range shooting, which he's basically dead on with. Uh, he mastered that Tim Duncan high, you know, a little, right. little bit above the free throw line. Like, shot. Yeah, Tim Duncan, Al Horford, now Carl Anthony Towns. That's kind of the trajectory that's going on. Not bad. But he he he's he's setting up to basically, and I'm maybe this is a bias, but I don't think it is. As far as centers go, he's pretty much setting up to have a perfect offensive game uh, in the late stages of his career. There's not really anything that right now it looks like he's going to be even average at, and I think that includes passing, because his passing out of double teams has gotten exponentially better this year, especially within the year, because the beginning of the year it was brutal. Tunnel vision was definitely a problem for him. But like you said, defensively, not just leaving assignments, but going up for stupid blocks that would result in goaltends, which is still an issue, is uh, kind of persistent. I think that happened a couple times last night. Like any young player, there are going to be some deficiencies, maybe with the exception of LeBron. I don't know. He might have been perfect right away. But uh, every player has their deficiencies right away. Towns, at 21, has very few. He's a freak. There's no doubt. Totally. And everybody, it's... The the player that he you know we expect him to become uh, was uh, every, you know, what the possession that is emblematic of that was the Curry possession last year where he stepped out on a switch on Curry and the Golden State win where they defeated Golden State on the road right and that's all well and good and everything but it's the nuances that he needs to pick up Just exactly staying at home letting a Uh, a guy who's defending a driving ball handler, just contest the layup and living with the outcome of that layup. I mean, you don't have to make the game-saving play on every position. Like the way I'd put it, he's very, very good at all the stuff that if you're a casual fan or even a pretty serious fan, you're going to enjoy watching. The stuff that you may not notice unless you're really watching him specifically very closely on a game-to-game basis he's still improving on, and that's things like defensive assignments and rotations. Going rogue has been a problem for him. That's no, our sense. that's our short answer. Yeah, <laughs> he's uh, he's great. Like I'm very excited to see. Like there's guys that you always want to see in person, right? Like he's been on my list since like midway through his rookie year. 
Here's the question for you as an outside observer. Who is the higher upside, Andrew Wiggins or Zach Levine? I, I think Wiggins. I do. Like, I just think, like, his, his length, his ability to leverage space, his uh, defensive upside, like, all these things that I think he just has the feeling to get better. I'm just, I just, I just love the framework of what Wiggins could be. I, I want him to, um, there's, like, things I want him to, like, do that, like, that kind of frustrate me. Like, I want him to just commit to them, just going all out on driving more. Like, I want him to lean into the athleticism a bit more at times. But I think he's really good, and I think he's, even though there are, there are things he needs to get better at, like, I think he already, he has more polish to the game than Levine does. Because my thing with Levine is, like, I think he's really talented. I think he's going to be a really useful NBA player. I, I, I want to start seeing more signs of him being polished. And I haven't really, I don't, like, watch, like, every night. And I'm not, like, seeing him in person. And that's certainly a different, like, I think you do get an appreciation of a guy when you see him in person. Like, more so than you always can when you're watching League Pass or somewhere like that. But I, I just think, like, he's just not quite polished in the way that I, I think Wiggins has shown at least flashes of being. That's fair enough. What else? What else do we, what else do we, I mean, I'm at 45 minutes and we were about four or five when we. I have a question that I don't know quite how to frame. Well, that's okay. That's you, might, you might as well But talk, I'm going to try. Talk it out, baby. It's surrounding a former Wolf great, Mike Miller. No, uh, Kevin Love. Uh, that was a really niche joke. Yeah, well, fair enough. He played for the Cavs, didn't he? No, but when he did, when Kevin Love came back, oh yeah, the yeah, first, yeah, the, when, the hype video. Yeah, okay, when, when Kevin Love came back to play the Wolves as a member of the Cavs for the first time ever, there was this huge promo video you know, hyping up a former Timberwolf who who was making his return, and it was just basically trolling Kevin Love because at the end of the video it was Mike Miller. I, you may not believe me, but I honestly wasn't thinking of that. Anyway, <laughs> Kevin Love. I mean, it's been it's his third year, if I'm not mistaken. Now he's got a ring. He was vindicated, basically. He, right, he was vindicated in the sense that he got a ring. How do you feel about him in the grand scope of things? Let's say now I'm not going to give you scenarios or anything. How do you feel about him just in a general sense of things? Like a, 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 he, you got him for the first overall pick. Do you feel like? Do you regret the trade? No. Won a title. Not, of course, like that's why title. I didn't want to ask that. Of course, you don't regret the trade. You well, won the title. I asked he it. was a part of it. How do you feel about him? Not necessarily in terms of the trade, but how do you feel about him in the role that he plays? And do you feel like he could fit better in a better situation? Do you, Just how do you feel about him? I'm going to let you speak. So I think if you put him in a different situation, he certainly would be doing more. And I think at times it is frustrating to watch him work, and then the Cavs just don't like let him operate out of the apple because I think some of the problems they're having with the oh my god could be solved. Marry me right like now Kev, <laughs> with like Kevin Love throwing passes out of the elbow and off the block. Like, He's I think good at it. Some yeah, some truth to that. LeBron James cutting from the corner to the hoop back door. It. Kyrie's a good spot up shooter. Look, statistically, he's a good spot up shooter. I go six. I go six to midnight thinking about it, bro. <laughs> um, but like this year, if you look at the year he's having, I think he's. I think it's getting closer now. But I think to date, he's been the second best player on the team. I really do think that. I wow. think he's been. Okay. I, I just think like he's been the, the the Kevin Love you've seen this year up until some of the back issues of late has been the probably the best version of Kevin Love you could get playing with LeBron at this point in LeBron's career. That's okay. kind of where I'm saying that. Like, I think he's a deserving all-star. I think um, the title freed him up to sort of be more of a uh, complete Kevin Love, a, a more, like, functional Kevin Love. And I think it's been really fun. I think, like, there are little issues with it that I don't think – but I just – I think stuff like him really being a playmaker for the team, I, th- I just don't know if that's ever going to happen at this point. Oh, and, and I totally wish it would because I, I'm always the first to remind people that – in his last season with the Wolves under Rick Adelman, who watched Kevin Love play in high school and totally knew how to utilize Kevin Love out of the high post. He averaged 4.8 assists, but who's counting? Um, okay, this is random, unrelated. Well, it's not unrelated to anything. My dad just texted me. Go on. Daddy Fakeless. Uh, I, Chris, let me just add some context here. Tim has been one of my great friends for a good while. I've never met his father, and his father has listened to Every single podcast that he's been on, uh, amazing with me, and he—I don't know what he thinks of me, but I—I I would like to know. It probably—it has nothing to do with you. It, it has to do with the Cavaliers and the Timberwolves. Go on. <laughs> I'm a very narcissistic asshole, so go he on. He asks, "Do you?" <laughs> he asks, "Do you think Tristan Thompson would be an upgrade over Gorgie Jang?" 
Oh. Uh, Chris, how would you yeah. feel about Tristan Thompson for vacuum, Gorgie J? In a all things being equal, I don't know what the contract similarities are. I just thought the timing of this was weird because he has no idea I'm going on this podcast. As in recording <laughs> it right now. Um, right. Tristan is, I think just like what we've seen Tristan do in the role he's asked to do, I think like, he might be more valuable just because he's an elite rebounder. He's an elite at defending guy, like guards. Basic. I don't know if that, there aren't many bigs that'd be more comfortable switching than him. Like he's just so good at it. He's better um, than Gordie Jang. I'll say that right now. Yes. The, the, I don't know. Like, I guess there's no question about it. it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, like you can throw like Thompson like in in a shorter shot clock on like guards, and it's like fine. Like it's okay. Like it's an, that's an acceptable outcome. You want a finals doing it? <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Um, Issue, like, Kevin Love did that too. Sorry. I mean, I mean, but how many languages does Tristan Thompson speak? I mean, they, these are the real. Did Tristan Thompson babysit Rick Pitino's kids? Sorry, I'm going to let you finish. Thompson. Tristan Thompson is uh, the is a Canadian hero, though. Do you have him and Wiggins? I mean, no, I mean we, oh my God, I did not consider that narrative. We already tried yeah. with Anthony Bennett, though, and that did not work. And that, yeah. and, and I mean, if the Wolves have Tristan Thompson, maybe they draft Jamal Murray, like I wanted to, and yeah, here. It, We'd be talking about a much different team. Yeah, exactly. Um, the thing with like Tristan, though, like I think that is like the, my biggest thing with him that I don't, I don't really know why he hasn't gotten better at it. Maybe it's you know reps. Maybe it's just like he he has a fine thing in this way. He's just not like a fluid finisher. Like he's good at dunks, but he's not good at like the, the simple one. Like what should be a simple one step layup and drop. Like he's not good at making most of those situations. And Dang is. Yang, excuse me, Gorgie's like a little bit more um, smooth in that area, right? Like he's not, like he's not, you know, like an elite finisher, but like he, he at least like looks like he's natural doing that. Tristan looks very awkward when he when he rises up most. He's of the definitely time. smooth, yeah. And I mean, I don't know if he's got very long motions. It's like slow it, motions. It takes him forever to actually do what he's going to he, do. He has a very very steady mid range game. In fact, I think I've seen a stat that he has the highest. Field goal percentage from mid range in the NBA this year, which is weird, especially at people of his position, for sure. Well, I mean, I think in the whole, no, I think he has the best. Field well, he's goal comparable percentage. to Chris Paul as far as mid range elbow jump shot, right? Which is incredibly random. One and two, no knock on Tristan Thompson because, frankly, if I'm Tom Thibodeau, I think I'd do that trade. But it's Thibodeau. Uh, it's, it's Thibodeau. Oh, is it? All right. It's Thibodeau. Our listeners will DM me. Believe me. It's Thibodeau. All right. Um. I lost my train of thought. That's okay. I think <laughs> Tristan Thompson is perfect for LeBron James, right? He does all yeah. the little dirty, yes. dirty work no things. Offensive rebounding, especially. Kicking it back out. I mean, the finals that they lost where it was LeBron milking the shot clock for every second that it was worth, it was like if they missed, Tristan Thompson got the rebound and they tried again. He's important yeah. to what the Cavs do. I think if you swap Gorgie and Tristan Thompson, the Cavs don't benefit from that deal. All right. Well, I'm assuming we're wrapping up here relatively soon. Yeah, Chris, you got Chris, anything else for us? I, I no, qu- let's uh, let's let's play. Let's just play one. Uh, let's play one little fun. Let's just do some little over unders, and we'll get out of here. So, all right, over under points on Andrew Wiggins for this game: twenty two oh, and a half. Twenty two and a half. over. Andrew Wiggins is a popcorn player. I'm pretty sure Andrew Wiggins is averaging about seventy three points per game against the Cavs, and they haven't won yet. <laughs> I don't think they've beaten the Cavs yet, but he scores a lot. I'm, I, here. I'm here for the injury weekend's like seventy point game in Cleveland. I'll I'm take here for that. I'll take the over. I don't even the 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 app I usually go to, which isn't you know some fucking niche app. It's the CBS Sports app. Doesn't have the over unders up for tomorrow's game yet, but I will take the over. All right, um, and then let's say. Over, Sorry I, for 20, swearing. I know you're going to use this on your podcast, but yeah, whatever. They know. They know what they're getting into. Uh, <laughs> over under Kyrie Irving assists. Four and a half, four point five. I just want to see you guys end up on that. Taking the Let's under. See how weird it gets. Under. Taking under four point five assists for Kyrie. Under. I'm yeah. taking over considering the speed of the Cavaliers and the Wolves' poor, I'll say, transition defense. Who are you, and how did you get into the studio? You don't think Kyrie <laughs> Irving's going to get over five assists against the Wolves? No, I took the under. We'll bet a beer on it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hey. Last, last one. All right. How many times will uh, Ricky Rubio do something cool over under of uh, let's say four and a half? I I'm gonna say under only because I think Tom <sighs> Tom Thibodeau had 
Is that really that no, shocking? No, I'm just, I'm just, R- I'm just Ricky Rubio of five years ago is not Ricky Rubio of now. He's still a very, very solid player, a very good starter. He's not as, uh, he's not constantly doing the cool stuff that I think he did years ago. Maybe I'm just used to it, it's, and I'm not seeing he it. He only made the same six way. threes last. <laughs> it's not the same as like the stuff he was drafted for in his highlight videos, That's though. Fine. The behind the back no look passes aren't as frequent, so I will say under for that. What is it? Three, uh, three and a half. Yeah, I'm going over. I'll take the over. Fuck it. Wow. To go wow. Ag- to go against him. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah, I'm taking the over. So for the record, I'm taking the under on Kyrie's four point five, which apparently, yeah, my opinion is just shocking. I guess I'm taking the over <laughs> on Rubio's cool shit. Five assists. I think that's over his average. Isn't three point. No way. Kyrie. No. Kyrie, what is Kyrie's assist per game average? I'm looking it up. I think it's like it's low. I mean, like LeBron, it's not four point five. There's no way. I'll wait. It's dead air. It's fine. I don't care. Five point seven. Really? That's more than that. That's more than that. Five point seven. I thought Kyrie didn't get enough. He's never averaged. He averaged four point seven last year. That was his career low. Four point seven assists was. I thought get at me. I thought he didn't get enough assists. Don't at me, That's actually. A, don't at me. It's a good thing I don't cover the Cavs because, you know, from everything <laughs> I've read, which is, you know, I, I blame my lack of knowledge about Kyrie's assist numbers to Justin Rowan. Let's, like, cause yeah, can we, that if dude we, is, hey guys, if we want to just collectively blame Justin for everything, that's cool. In fact, we did on Sunday, and I don't think we we like quoted him for something. I don't think he actually said. We just picked <laughs> a okay. random basketball Twitter dude and picked that's Justin. Not, I, I'm pretty sure in, Ju- in Justin's Twitter account, like he says, his tw- his Twitter is trash. So like, it's cool. <laughs> right on. Oh, uh, as, yeah, yeah, yeah. His, his the first words in his Twitter account. I literally just pulled this up. Mostly trash. <laughs> I don't disagree. I love you, Justin. I and, love you, Justin. Can, uh, speaking on the game, can we all hope that Doris Burke is calling the game? Yeah. Right. right. It's ESPN. Am I not? Am I it correct? is. 6 p.m. Eastern time. I just love listening yeah, to Doris Burke. you guys feel weird about a 6 p.m. start time for you? Because I don't really like 7 p.m. start times, and even in my own time zone, well, if we're being honest. Well, like, I like the 7.30s are good. Well, um, I mean, if it was 8 p.m. Central, we might not even watch it. <laughs> <laughs> right, Tim? I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, if it was if it was uh, 8 p.m. Central and it was you know, a home game for the Wolves, there might be a vacant seat where Tim, Tim Fakeless's seat is uh, located. It was against the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like Karis LeVert? Like, do you, I actually, do you after like that, that game, I really like Karis LeVert. Yeah. But that's another story. Get Bojan Bogdanovic more touches Get before him the fourth quarter. Please, Brooklyn. Yeah. Closed yeah. circuit to uh, who's there? Kenny uh, Atkinson. Is he yeah, there? I wasn't coach, there. Yeah. I don't know. That's their coach. <laughs> yeah, Tim wasn't there. He doesn't know. Uh, anyway, Chris, we really yeah. pre- we really appreciate you putting up with uh, our shenanigans uh, for transparency. No, no, no. This, this has been a, this has been a pleasure, my guy. This has been great. Do you, uh, for transparency purposes, do you just want us to send you the audio file once we're done mixing it down? Absolutely. Just drop right. it to me. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll DM you right now. And we'll get the email. Um, I'm gonna. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll do that. So, listeners, uh, listeners, this is the glamorous life of podcasting, right? It is. It's uh, not even over there. This is like actually on a phone, like full transparency. We're like, I'm on a phone right now, which is very rare. We just we just want to put forth the best audio possible for those taking the city buses to work, or riding on a plane, or just yeah. looking to pass the time at uh, wherever they happen to be. Yeah, if you're at the gym, like getting a sweat, and you just want to listen to some crazy basketball talk, that's what we're here for. Chris, let's do this again sometime. Absolutely. We'll, Absolutely. We'll talk to you soon. Later, guys. Later. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99. 
and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.